Starting and sustaining a business is hard. Whether you're just beginning or have been at it for a while and need a pick-me-up, you're about to get exactly what you need. Welcome to Go For It. Your host is Joe Hausman. Today, you'll hear stories from others on how to keep going and laugh while you learn. Here is your host, Joe Hausman. Welcome to my show, Go For It. This is Joe Uh, Thank you guys so much for every day coming back listening. And you know what? Thank you for the emails and the text messages and the phone calls. You guys are rocking it. I just want to say thank you. Shout out to all of you, as I always do every week. So thank you all again. And I know people are listening today because they've already been texting me saying, we are ready to listen to this show. So again, appreciate each and every one of you. And remember, I'm your Go For It media coach. I help people and my clients get on media radio, podcasts, and other avenues to really get your name out there. I'm helping you expand your brand utilizing media. But I'm also a voiceover artist, a speaker. I love going to speak to different events around the country and an international best-selling author. And you know what? My past and present clients are loving the fact that when I go speak to them, they're able to really utilize the things that I say and give the tips and tricks, you know, of things that they could do. I just had an event here not too long ago. And the next day, I had several people saying to me, oh, my gosh, my head is just swirling with everything you said. I've already written down three topics I'm going to go after. And that's what it's all about, right? It's all about finding, and as Sean, my uh, guest today, we're going to talk about our uniqueness, our uniqueness within us to find out what makes us unique and what makes us thrive, what makes us go after what our dreams are. So, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, the show is sponsored by Go For It Media Group. And if you have questions for that, you can go to my website, joehosman.com. Now, as always, I want to bring on my fantastic guest expert that I have on today, our Sean McBride. He and I are in the same group together on Facebook, and that's how we met. But he is a Chief Innovation Officer of McBride for Business, LLC. The managing member of the R. Sean McBride Law Firm, which is PLLC, and the host of Financial Transaction of the Future Economy Show on the McBride for Business YouTube channel. He works with organizations to develop their plans to capitalize on the future economy. He is the author of Business Blunders on Avoiding Common Business Mistakes. It's about time on time magic mint and what your business needs to know now about blockchain. Ooh, I like that one too. When you see the Arshan in person, you'll know him in a second. He is normally wearing unusual suits. They embrace the message of do business differently because he believes finding your uniqueness is the key to business success. Amen. When not writing, you'll find Sean speaking and consulting on top topics related to financial transactions of the future economy. Our Sean McBride, welcome to my show. Go for it. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. Oh, I'm just, I'm excited. Uh, you were so gracious to have me on your show. Oh, gosh, two, three months ago now. So I couldn't wait to uh, get you on my show. So thank you so much for doing that today. So, Arshan, what I always ask my wonderful guest experts is I have a worldwide audience, and I want them to get to know about you and what you do. So why don't you give our, our audience a little bit of history about you and how you got to be where you're at today? Yeah, sure. I started kind of a circuitous route to get where I, I got to. I was... Uh... I went to study accounting first, uh, decided I didn't want to be an accountant for my entire career before I got out of undergrad school, and then decided I'd be a lawyer because I had studied some of the legal aspects of business and what that looked like. So I went to law school, came out business lawyer, 
some of the biggest law firms in the United States doing a lot of international transactions. And what I noticed in the big law firms is there's a lot of churn. There are some people that are happy, but the vast majority of people aren't really happy with the system. So I decided I wanted to do something a little different, and that's when I started my law firm. And that kind of opened the creative journey. That allowed me to start getting into different endeavors and try different things. And over the course of my law firm, I went from just having my law firm to speaking to having a business strategy firm. And then now, as you mentioned in the intro, I've got my uh, my show, Financial Transactions of the Future Economy, and we bring on guests and we spend a lot of time talking about what the future is going to hold and what that's going to look like. And so it's, it's, it's been fun, you know, and it's evolved a lot over the years. It's changed a lot. I couldn't have guessed I would end up here from where I started, uh, but just the journey of learning new things, uh, in, engaging with new people, and seeing what the future holds and the, and the massive changes coming to business uh, inspires me to kind of get more people into the conversation and build a bigger base of people that are looking to evolve themselves and their businesses to be ready for the future. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, uh, I think, the same thing. When I go back to look, you know, 30 years ago, I'm like, would I have ever guessed I'm where I'm at today? Never, ever, ever. Yeah. But thankfully, thankfully, we are, right, Sean? I mean, it is just, it's just how it evolves with us. It's a world of opportunity, yes. Um, mm-hmm. And I think change has, there's a lot of debate. I mean, how do you measure whether change has sped up or not? But there's a lot of truth to it, I think, that change is, you know, kind of, it it seems like it's changing faster. It seems like a lot of us are moving different positions. But if you're if you're listening to the world and seeing what's going on, it it opens a lot of opportunities for all of us um, to you know kind of evolve and grow. And so it's been fun for me, and it's opened up a whole side of creativity and getting involved in different things that I never would have thought I would get involved with, mm-hmm. and just a ton of fun. So uh, mm-hmm. for me, it's been a great journey. I'm mm-hmm. happy with the evolution, and I'm happy that the new economy and the new business world is opening up these opportunities for us to Me do too. different things and to innovate and change. Me too, because I'm not an eight to fiver. I I just I have a really hard time. I'm I haven't had to do that in many years, but when I did do it. I just figured that's what I was going to do the rest of my life. I'm like, I can't do this. This is not where I. <laughs> this is not where I belong. So when the the opportunity came to be able to work from home, that's really where I wanted to be when my family was young. But now, even as I'm older and they're older, but I still love working from home and I still love being able to have that creativity side and also be able to do different things. People always say to me, "What are you doing today?" <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, exactly. I'm doing my radio show. But yeah, so that is really unique. So what is what do you really see about the future of business, Sean? What do you see coming down the pike? You know, I think we're in a world of change. Technology is coming, and a lot of the new technologies that are coming are very disruptive. So, you know, we really need to start thinking about where we are now, what our positioning is going to be in the future, and what things are going to look like. So I think it's critical that we start taking in the reality that artificial intelligence, machine learning, they're already causing changes, but they're just getting started in their journey of coming into the business world. And there's certainly a place for people. You know, people are worried that all the jobs are going away, and I don't think that's the case. But mm-hmm. we also have to be cognizant of the fact that the way we're working, the way we're interfacing is going to change. And a lot of us, you know, through one means or another, spend a lot of our time doing repetitive tasks or tasks where we have to transfer data it's a large part of the economy, and those jobs are, are, are at risk. Um, so 
we need to be realistic about what's coming and start building plans and get our creativity out there. And that's really what the economy needs. That's what the future needs. And so, you know, the more we can focus on implementing the change and being ready for the change, the better, the better our futures are going to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you a question. I've got several friends who are in their 50s. One might be close to about 60. Anyway, doesn't matter. They work yep. for businesses. Some of them are larger. Some of them are smaller. Every one of them are worried about if they're going to keep be able to have their job tomorrow or not. Every day they go into work, they're worried. And I said, what? I said, why would you continue to worry? Why don't you start with a plan B? Why don't you have something started? So, and they go, no, nope, we're just going to live on. Every one of them have said, they'll get that business, whatever, whoever it is they work there, they'll give them a good severance pay. I'm like, why wouldn't you want to have plan B? I guess I don't yeah. understand that logic of thinking, but that's just not my reality. So what would you give advice to people like that who are in that state? You know, I would say the reality is that the change is coming whether you like it or not. We can't we can't force that. You know, and I was I was on a show yesterday and we were talking about international business and mm-hmm. you know, there were people saying, Well maybe we don't want to compete internationally. Well the truth is if you don't want to compete internationally, people internationally are going to be competing with your local customers. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're, that, that change is being forced upon us. The mm-hmm. change of technology, the change of jobs is being forced upon us. I mean, one of the things, that I, the trucking industry, for instance, I've, I've done some looking at that. And, yeah, that's 15% of the U.S. economy, according to one industry group, is connected to trucking and transportation. And now we're looking at having self-driving trucks. Well, but there's a lot of people that potentially are going to lose their jobs as that gets rolled out. Uh, you can't sit on the sidelines, particularly if you're in your early 50s, you know, and, and hope to drift mm-hmm. it out because you, you may not have enough time to drift it out. And I'm mm-hmm. with you. You know, start building a new skill. Pick up an interest, you know. And it doesn't have to be overly burdensome. And one of the most beautiful things about the current era is we get to pick and choose how we learn. You don't have to go sit in a classroom. You mm-hmm. don't have to read long textbooks. You can watch videos online. Uh, you can engage in conversations with people. There's a lot of different ways to get learning about new industries. So I would say somebody who's 50 or 60 years old, you know, that's saying, hey, I, you know, I see change coming. I'm worried about my job disappearing, but I don't want to learn something new. Start thinking about what you're passionate about, and don't think that you have to go back to the classroom necessarily. You just mm-hmm. have to think about how to learn about that topic to become a leader. And you know, even the Fortune 500 companies now, so much are not looking at people's college degrees. They're looking at you know what applied skills do you have now, and what what can you drop to the bottom line. And I think they would love to have some seasoned employees that are used to coming to work, that are motivated that have the new skills. I, I, you know, people think that people that are 50, 60 year old might have a hard time getting a job because of employers. But I think if you had, if you were the outlier, if you were that person in that age range and you had some tremendous skills to offer, I think you would, you'd be in a buyer's market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. It's just that they have to find the right way to go to find it. So how would people, so if say my friends, they come to me tomorrow and go, Joe, we all lost our jobs. I'd be like, okay. But yeah. where would they go to find, where would they go to find where they can look for other jobs like that? Yeah, I think it's, we're a changing market. You know, you have to be very careful now because, you know, the old way was you circulated your resume. And mm-hmm. with the rise of artificial intelligence, that world has changed because 
On the other side of that, receiving of all these resumes largely now is often automated technology that is processing that based on keywords and based on different things they're looking for. So, so that can be a very tricky game to play. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of the people that I've talked to that have got really jobs that they want and that have been really successful have gotten those jobs and those opportunities through people they know. So they mm-hmm. said, okay, I know this person, I know that person, I work my network. Mm-hmm. So the time to do that, hopefully, is before you lose your job. Mm-hmm. You know, if you lose your job, you just have to start where you're at and, and make the best of it. But before you lose your job, if you see the handwriting on the wall, or even if you don't see the handwriting on the wall, it's always good to build that team and network behind you so that you can then be ready if you have to make a switch, you know, if a change comes along. So build that network of people that are in the industry that you may be targeting next. Know mm-hmm. the people so you can have a conversation. And then it cha- it's, a, it's a game changer because you can pick up the phone and talk to people and say, hey, you know, I'm thinking about looking for a new job. Who do you know in the industry that's hiring? And if you're a friend, they're going to give you information. They're going to let you mm-hmm. know. And you, you'll, you'll, you may find an opportunity with them directly or they may have a friend that does, that's hiring. So have the network ready to go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'm a big believer in use your network. You know, use not and I'm not saying that use them in that way, but really reach out to them and keep networking. I I'm a big believer in networking. I'm a big believer in uh, learning more about other people so then I can help Uh them network their business as well, which I exactly do during also through this radio show. So it's a big plus if you can use your network. And I think you said it brilliantly, Sean, that, you know, reach out and do it now Instead of waiting until, because what does it take? I don't, is it six months or so before you get another job? I don't know how long it is. It's been so long since I've been in that market, but I know one friend took her six months. So I'm just going off one example, but. The the old saying was, and I don't know if it's true anymore, but, you know, the old one I used to hear was, you know, one month per $10,000 of income. So the higher your income, the longer it would take to find a job. I don't know if those Mm -hmm. numbers still work, but that was one rule of thumb somebody had told me once before. Interesting. I've never heard that before. That's really good to know. So I'm going to let my friends know that, Sean. It does make sense to me because, you know, lower lower salary levels tend to get hired faster. The employers don't put as much time and effort into it. And the higher your salary level, the more customized the fit is. So it made sense when I heard it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's that's really good to know. I'm going to... Let them know that for sure. Um, I really want to talk about future business. I love working internationally. I ha- oh, and we have like three minutes until break, so I will let you know that okay. as well. But I love working internationally. I, I've been working that since like 2005, way before social media even, you know. Mm-hmm. But people thought I was crazy back then. I'm like, I love it. I just think it's it's the way to go. What a, What is the future of business now for international work yeah, you know, I think there's a little bit of uncertainty there, so it's hard to answer it, you know, very quickly. But mm-hmm. I think future business is pooling us internationally, but a lot of technology is also enabling people to localize and to be a little protectionist. So we're going to see a little bit of a, a jockeying for position among the countries here, and we're starting to see the early indications of that now. Mm-hmm. That the countries are going to have to figure out how much do we – you know, engage globally versus how much do we just say, hey, now that we have the technology, we can be more enclosed and we can take care of our own selves. And there's a, there's a, there's a tension right now between those two, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. A lot of the future of business and the future of the economy is going to be decided by, you know, the political sphere. 
It is. Yeah, you're right. It, it most definitely is. When I was, oh, probably back 10 years ago, maybe, I uh, my the business that I had, I would have people contact me from other countries. And I was really big about, nope, I'm keeping it, you know, um, I'm only hiring locally Americans, whatever the case may be. But, and then when we come back after break, I'm going to talk more about that. But they would they would offer a lot less. You know, they would, you know, only charge me like not even like a quarter of what I was paying local people, and getting the work done a lot faster. So there's that there's that incident too. So when we come back after break, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk more about planning for the, uh, the future of business internationally, but also we're going to talk about finding our uniqueness because Sean has a unique thing that he does and about the suits that he wears. And I really find that very interesting and I think it's great. So when we come back after break, we're going to talk more about that. And also if you want to go to Sean's website, it is www.planningdoneright.com. Again, that's planningdoneright.com. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. I've got a special offer just for listeners of Go For It. Visit joehosman.com today and get a 20% discount off of my most popular three-month coaching package. This is a $1,500 value. This discount coupon is available only on my website joehosman.com where you can also get information about other services like strategy sessions, my book, coaching, and training programs. Also support for the radio show and much more. Don't wait. Check out joehosman.com for the special offer today. If you are looking for a dynamic speaker for your organization or event, I would love to speak at your venue. Hi, I'm Joe Hosman, the host of Go For It on Voice America. My topics range from starting your own virtual assistant business to living a triumphant life. Right now, one of my most popular topics is from my Women Empowerment series about support for today's women-built businesses and women in leadership. Visit my website, joehosman.com, or call 605-941-7969 for more information. Again, that's joehosman.com or 605-941-7969. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. listening to go for it to reach joe hausman with a comment or question about the show please send an email to joe at joehausman.com that's j-o at joehausman.com now back to go for it Welcome back to Go For It. This is Joe with my fantastic guest today, Arshawn McBride. We are talking about the future of business. And Sean is an attorney and financial expert. And we are talking about some international business. And then we're going to talk a little bit more about that and then really get into, because Sean wears these wonderful, unique suits. And that just, I think that's phenomenal because he found his uniqueness with him. So, but before we before we went to break, we're really talking about the uncertainty of international business. And back when I had a virtual assistant business, 
And this was probably, I'm going to say 10 years ago, but I had people from other countries would contact me and I'd be like, no, I'm not hiring you. I only hire local. And I had, my business was thriving. I had, yeah, it was really great. But what I found out is I needed some work done myself. So instead of working in my business, I could work on my business. And so I, I let him come in and do some of that. And he had it done so spe- speedily. Is that a word? <laughs> anyway, fast. And I was like, wow, that is great. So I can understand where people are starting to go and search out other areas, especially to save money and for this uh, speediness of it. But yet I'm torn because I like to hire local too. So Sean, can you speak on that a little bit and how that's really changing our economy? Yeah, I think that tension is ever present, you know, and it's a deeper conversation that I don't know if society's ready to have, and that that's a mm-hmm. theme I keep hitting upon in, in our in my work is sometimes we're ready to have these conversations and sometimes we're not. Uh, but there's there's great people around the world who just don't have opportunities, and some of these offsite working uh, websites have opened those opportunities where you can you know interface with somebody in another country, send them work, they'll do it overnight, send it back to you. They're thrilled because they have a, a job that pays way better than what they would get in the local economy, and they have a stable foreign employer. Uh, but that, of course, takes jobs away from, from your local country. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's one piece of this, right? Is it, you know, do we want to, you know, do we want to pay higher rates? And, I mean, is there a reason why particularly we're favoring people in our country versus, you know, probably perfectly nice people in other countries that need to work? Uh, that's one question, but we also want to take care of the home. You know, you want to take care of those around you. You're part of a community. So, you know, as you start moving money overseas, you potentially disrupt the community. So that, that's, that's a bigger conversation about kind of the values and what we, what we put first. And then the mm-hmm. really big conversation is, you know, the morals and the ethics, because some, you know, some foreign countries have, you know, good legal systems and they're, they're treating people well and everything's fair. Other countries, that's not the case. And, you know, we don't talk a lot about the ethics of where are we sending our money and what does that mean for the people that are there long term. And those are big, big questions, which probably beyond what we'll be able to speak about today on the show. But, mm-hmm. you know, you need to stop and make your own decisions. Get informed about who you're hiring and why and what your viewpoint of the world is and how we all interrelate with each other. And that's a very, per- I think it's a very personal choice. I think it's hard to make a blanket decision about whether you should outsource those type of tasks internationally or keep them locally. Yeah, a lot of it depends on what you feel about how the world interfaces and how you think different countries are treating their people and things like that. Absolutely. When this happened with me, and it's happened since, but not to, I suppose because this was my first experience with it all these years ago, I'll just give you an example. So I was hiring people for 25 bucks an hour because they were um, um, independent contractors and this person came in and was charging me five bucks an hour and they're on opposite time frame. So they work during the night. Well, for us, it would be during the night for them. It's during the day. And when I would get up the next morning, the work would be in my inbox. I'd be like, Oh my gosh, wow. You know, yeah. and it would take me two to three weeks to get my local people. Now, again, I'm not saying anything about local because it was just how the work was coming in at that time and what had to be done nothing good, bad, or ugly about any of it. It's just how it was at that time. But I was so impressed yeah. because how fast they got it done. 
Well, you, know, you have to remember too, for for a lot of these, a lot of people internationally. I mean, they, they, this is a big deal. You know, they don't mm-hmm. they they don't have other economic opportunities. You know, right. and mm-hmm. they they will five dollars an hour, which in the U.S. you can't even hire somebody for that with the minimum wage laws. Mm-hmm. In other countries, you know, that's that's something where they can really provide for their families. So there's just there's just a real difference. In, in the in the quality of living and the and the attitude towards that that level of attainment it's it's very interesting to see that and most of us aren't exposed to it because we live in you know country like the United States or maybe a Western European country where we don't see that type of lifestyle mm-hmm. but for some people that's that's a big motivator you know mm-hmm. they'll, they'll yeah, gladly they'll, yeah. And they would gladly, I and mean, then they gladly accept $5 an hour with not, with not even thinking twice about it because that's, you're right, that's their version of, you know, a good lifestyle. And I remember it just kind of ironically, so I had him do a couple projects for me. I was really pleased with him. And he had brought, and it was a gentleman, he had brought on somebody else to work with him. And they made up, you know, um, American names. So the guy I was dealing with was Mike, and he brought on Paul. And I'm like, now, wait a minute. Are you going to charge me more? And he went up to 6 bucks an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, well, six bucks an hour, you know. But I didn't have them do a lot of work for me just because, again, I at that time I wanted to keep it, um, you know, local. But I tell you what, you're right. It was this. It's their way of making money, and depending on how they live, because you never know how they are living. But yeah, it's it's very very interesting. I'm really interested in international business that way. So we'll have to have more conversation about that, Sean. Now, with regard to that, now I want to get to you. And I want to get to how you found your uniqueness because I think it's – so every time, ladies and gentlemen, when I see him on Facebook, he's always got a different fun suit on. And how did you find that, Sean? How did you find your uniqueness within you to make you stand out that way? You know, it was an evolution, so it wasn't a one-step process. But, you know, I started speaking a lot. And even before I was speaking, you know, people would – People would just tell me I was different than other attorneys. You're different. You think differently, you know, and part of that's just thinking globally, thinking broader, you know, bringing in more issues, uh, more than just, hey, let me get your file out the door, talking about their business. So for a long time, I was always like not every other attorney, but I I followed the standard advice. You know, I came out, I went to the big law firms. Even when I started my law firm, people were like, oh, go to these branding experts and they'll look at your They'll look at your, you know, facial complexion, and they'll look at your style, and they'll tell you what clothing to wear. And I like redid my whole closet and kept looking more and more corporate. And even as I did that, I would get up on stage, I would deliver a speech, and almost every time I spoke, I would come off the stage, and somebody would come up to me and be like, "I listened to your speech. You're not like any other attorney. You're not like any other attorney. You're not like any other attorney." And I kept hearing that over and over and over again. Uh, meanwhile, I had, um, you know, around the holiday season one year, I had bought some Christmas suits. And, you know, they've become somewhat popular. You may have seen them at the airport or different places where people buy a, a suit that has a Christmas design on it that's unusual or different. And so I bought some of those Christmas suits, and I was wearing them to events. And people loved them. People in my community started, you know, taking pictures and commenting and talking about how different it was. And based on that, I said, wow, you know, I'm I'm getting attention. And then uh, a Hall of Fame speaker, a guy named Perry Brock, who's a great guy, and we happen to be in a speaking community together. 
came over to me and he said, people are paying a lot of attention to your suits. And I said, yeah, I, said, I don't want to be known for the suits. He said, people are paying attention to you. You know, you can back it with a message. Mm-hmm. And I went home and I thought about it. And for all these years, I had been speaking and I had told people to be unique, to be different, to be themselves in business. And I never had a visual to go with it. And suddenly it just all clicked. It was like if I wear unusual suits, it's still professional, but it's very different. It's it's shocking enough that it causes people to stop and think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it just tied in perfectly what I was already doing. I just had this visual now of do business differently, which is the phrase I've attached to it, mm-hmm. to encourage people to think about how they can be unique and different in business. And that's really what the meaning behind it is. Is It's not about me getting attention. It's not about getting photos. It's not about having random strangers walk up to me, all of which happens. It's about getting into that conversation about what's unique and different about that person. And, and that's been what's fascinating about this is as I've worn these suits, as I've talked about do business differently, more and more people come to me and tell me about what's unique and different about them, which is what the whole conversation was about to begin with. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. Where do you find them at? I mean, they're honestly, ladies oh. and gentlemen, they're so unique. They're so fun. But where do you find them at? I order them online. I order them online. Okay. I shipped in. Yeah, it's sure, just, uh, sure. you know, there, there's directories there. You very rarely will find them in a store, but they're somewhat easy to find online. I guess it's they sell enough of them that they manufacture them, but they don't sell enough of them that it's worth putting shelf space for them in the store. So right. I look online, right. search, find them, have them shipped to me. Well, that is so cool. I love that. When um, I decided to rebrand myself, somebody goes, well, and actually it happened when I wrote my book, but somebody goes, well, what's your motto? I go, I don't know, what's my motto, you know? And I always say, well, I always say, go for it. And they go, there you go. There's your brand. I'm like, all right then. So that's what I did. I Now I branded myself around go for it. So I'm actually trying to think of different unique things as well, Sean, that I can um, wear or say or do that makes my go for it stand out even more. So I'm trying to get different ideas. So I don't wear suits, but trying to get different yeah. ideas for it, go for it. It may be a pen or maybe a, a a pair of earrings or something unusual. I've heard I've had other people tell me that that they you know they wear a certain accessory, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's a scarf or whether that's a medal or a pen. There's some people out there that wear a particular accessory over oh. and over again. Sure. And so that, yeah. that kind of becomes part of their brand. People start to expect that. Okay. Well, I like bling. So and you know, cheap bling is good too. But I like bling. There you go. So there we go. So there, I've already got my. I've already got it. Yes, there you go. Cool. So what do you? How do you help other people find their uniqueness? When when people come to you and say, "I really, I need to find my uniqueness," how do you share with them how to really find it within them? Because it can be hard. It can be really hard to find that. Yeah, I think I think it's a matter of you know digging a little bit into that person. You've got to really look at them and their history, Mm -hmm. and. You're right. It, it's it's not it's not surface level usually. Usually, it's about looking at what have you done, what have people said, you know. And when I told my little story about how I got there, you know, it's because people kept telling me I was different and unusual that I then stepped back and said, okay, what does that mean, and how do I how do I verbalize this? So there's probably something your friends are telling you. Uh, one good exercise might be to ask your um, contacts, you know, mm-hmm. what's unique and different about me? What do you associate with me? I did that as a business exercise for a group one time. I sent around a bunch of emails and I said, 
um, you know, what's different about, you know, what, what, what's unusual? What do you think about me? And it was surprising, some of the feedback I got as far as what they saw. And, you know, I always thought myself as a lawyer is protecting against risk, but then a lot of my clients wrote back and said, you help us find opportunities. Well, I wasn't even thinking about that side of the ball until my clients started pointing that out, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And that, Isn't that, 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 opened a lot, that opened a lot of doors. They told me, you know. Right. Right. I see that sometimes people post that on Facebook, like, hey, how did we meet? Or, you know, what's what's one unique thing you think about me? And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I could do that, but I might have to do that. Plus, send it out to hey, my, my close, yeah, my you close personal by, friends and family. Email. Try it by email, yeah. I think you'll get a better mm-hmm. response in a private, mm-hmm. closed setting versus just that public, you know. Everybody right. viewing it. I think you'll get. I think you may get better feedback if you do it by email or a private conversation. Sure, because I I do hear a lot that I'm a free spirit, and I love that. I like being a free spirit. So that's a, that's interesting. So I will definitely do that. That's good words of advice. If people are brave enough to be able to find their uniqueness, yeah, definitely go and send that to your email contacts. You know, people that know you and people that will give mm-hmm. you their honest feedback. Right, and so you may be surprised. I know I was, you know, when mm-hmm. I got the feedback of what people saw, what they liked, what they enjoyed, what they were seeing in me. It did mm-hmm. surprise me, but yeah. I learned, you know, and I was like, wow, okay, that's what other people are seeing. It must, there must be something there, and I, I followed that thread. Yeah, absolutely. If they, if people keep saying the same thing to you, then you know there's something there, and you've got a gift to be able to give back to them. Exactly. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have about three minutes until our next break, but I want, when we come back, I do want to talk more about the uniqueness, but I am so intrigued with this international business and then finding your uniqueness. So when you, so let's come combine the two right now. So when you're talking to people internationally or working with people internationally and they see your suits that you wear, are they taken aback? Are they intrigued? How are they responding to you when it comes to that? It really depends on the person, the situation, and you know, and it's something that I, I thought through as I started doing this, and I thought through as I've continued doing this. After I did this for a test for a little while, I decided I was going to do this long term. What I find is the people that are very conservative with their business, that always want to do the same things, that always want to, you know, repeat processes and and, and just follow the flow of what everybody else is doing. Those aren't my ideal clients anyway. They're, they're not a fit for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people that are attracted to this, that see this, they're like, you're thinking different. You're, 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 you're doing things your own way. You're standing out. And those are the type of clients that I want to work with because I can help people stand out. I can help them be unique. I can help them do things in business other people don't, don't do. So for me, it's a, it's a great filtering tool. Of you know, do you want to be average? Do you want to blend in? If that's the case, you know, I'm probably not going to be able to help you the way I really could anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to stand out, if you want to be unusual, then reach out to me and we'll talk and we can have a mm-hmm. conversation. So um, it, it's a filtering tool. It works really, really well for that. And, mm-hmm. But it, it does always cause people to stop and say, who is this guy? You know, and what's he mm-hmm. up to? People admire that, too. I, I could see where people admire that about you. Because some of people are so, mm, well, do we say mundane or just living their life? A lot of times not even paying attention to what's going on around them. So when something bright like that or something different comes into their view, they stop and they think about, oh, hey, that's, you know, that's really cool. So I can see yep. where that would really stand out to people. 
Yeah, that, that, that actually is a common comment I get. I'll I'll be speaking somewhere, and then after I speak, people will walk up to me and they'll be like, "I liked your suit, but I don't have the gumption. Let me mm-hmm. use that term to wear mm-hmm. that suit." Mm-hmm. Is what they'll tell me in the hallways, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I get that I get that comment a lot, and it, it, mm-hmm. it does it does cause some some degree of admiration. I get compliments from both men and women, like you must have a lot of nerve to wear that, or that's amazing that you can wear that, and not think about it and I was walking through a, a, a public area a couple weeks ago wearing one of my suits and it was busy and people kept turning and looking at me and turning and looking at me <laughs> and one of my friends was like it's amazing because you just walk right through and they're like who is this guy you know so mm-hmm, it, it, it mm-hmm. caused an interesting social dynamic oh yeah I th- I'm all about that I think it's great so I think it's yeah. you know and if people would really be get into their uniqueness they it, i think it would open up a whole new world for them i really do and i think it would uh step outside their comfort zone really yeah well people are looking for authentic we keep hearing that again and again and mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. and when you show that you're different people believe that you're authentic because they know that you've expressed something about yourself it, for me right. it, it helps bridge that gap with a lot of people Right, absolutely. Okay, so when we come back after break, because my engineer is telling us it's break time again, yeah. I could go on and on forever, Sean, with you. So uh, for Sean's website, it is www.planningdoneright.com. So if more information on Sean, that is his website. And my website, as you know, is johosman.com. And ladies and gentlemen, if you have questions for the show, you know how to give us a call at one 866 472 And ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you are looking for a dynamic speaker for your organization or event, I would love to speak at your venue. Hi, I'm Joe Hosman, the host of Go For It on Voice America. My topics range from starting your own virtual assistant business to living a triumphant life. Right now, one of my most popular topics is from my Women Empowerment series about support for today's women-built businesses and women in leadership. Visit my website, johosman.com, or call 605-941-7969 for more information. Again, that's johosman.com or 605-941-7969. I've got a special offer just for listeners of Go For It. Visit johosman.com today and get a 20% discount off of my most popular three-month coaching package. This is a $1,500 value. This discount coupon is available only on my website, johosman.com, where you can also get information about other services like strategy sessions, my book, coaching, and training programs. Also support for the radio show and much more. Don't wait. Check out johosman.com for the special offer today. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. listening to go for it to reach joe hausman with a comment or question about the show please send an email to joe at joehausman.com that's j-o at joehausman.com now back to go for it 
Welcome back to Go For It. This is Joe with my wonderful guest, Arshawn McBride. We are talking all kinds of interesting things and very fun things today. So Sean wears these unique suits that really make him stand out. And we're also talking about international business. So now we're going to incorporate both of those together. So we're going to talk about how you can globally expand your business to really reach other parts of the world. When I started doing that years ago, it has just been an eye-opener, but I had never really traveled across the country, across, excuse me, across the world until I went to Ireland not too long ago. And it was such an eye-opener, but it was so beautiful and just so, for me, it was magical because I have clients there. And then also I'm able to reach out to them and reach out to other parts of the, uh, the world. So Sean, let's talk about that. And let's talk about how do we globally expand our business and how do people get into the mindset that they can actually go global? You know, I don't think it's as big of a stretch as most people think it is. Most people think it's this huge stretch to go global. It's not anymore because the technology is so favorable for businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, we now have the opportunity to offer services, particularly service businesses, very easy to cross those international boundaries and build businesses. So it's not the huge leap of faith. It's not the huge logistical challenge it used to be. And I think it ties right in with the uniqueness we were talking about before. If you've truly got a unique business and you've got a unique offering, then you need to get that out to the world. You need there, There's more people. There's more than, you know, we're, you and I are in the U.S. There's more than the 300-plus million people in the U.S. to reach out to. There's billions of people who are potentially uh, consumers of your services. So you owe it to them to let them know that you're available and you can help them. And, and that's kind of the game changer is to start thinking that way, that you're not just limited to your local city or your state or your country. You're, you really can service a lot of people. Uh, and that uniqueness, the more unique you are and the more uh, niche or powerful your offering is, the more people need you for whatever uniqueness you have, the more ability you have to get people from around the world coming to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think you hit it right on the head that you owe them. You know, you whatever your service or business is, you owe the people them so they know about you. Because if they don't know about you, they can't do business with you. And people around the world want to do business with you. They want it's their just, problem solved is what it is, you know. It's yeah. not necessarily it's not necessarily they want to do business with you. They want to get those problems fixed, whatever those might be. So if you can come and have their solution, they don't really care that you're in a different country. What they care is that you are the one person in the world that has the answer to their problem. Mm-hmm. And when you package it that way, that makes it makes a lot of sense. And that, that explains why it's important to get the message out there, because there might be people that need your help. And if mm-hmm. you're not reaching out globally, you're not helping them. Mm-hmm. And how do people find people globally? Yeah, I think more and more, you know, the Internet has really flattened things out. Technology, for the most part, doesn't have the national boundaries, you know, excluding some countries like, uh, you know, China, where they're doing some interesting things with search engines and access to information. For the most part, nowadays, we have full global access to people. So, you know, if you're on LinkedIn and, and commenting and being active and talking to people, you know, if you've got a web page that really defines what you're doing and you've written articles and blogs, 
you know, the world will come to you. I get clients mm-hmm. that call me up. They're outside the U.S. and they're like, hey, I understand you can help us do business in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And um, there it is. And they'll call me. And uh, they find me because they see my expertise and knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that works, you know. And so just how do you position yourself and get people to know what you're capable of? It's about communicating in the right ways. You know, it's marketing, but it's marketing on a grander scale mm-hmm. uh, rather than just limiting yourself to maybe going to local events in your town or, or just talking to friends that you've known for years. Mm-hmm. It's marketing with a purpose, too, of tr- really exactly. trying to get that. Ironically enough, I've actually worked so globally I'm now starting, and I haven't worked um, locally for a long time. So ironically, I'm the opposite. I've been working globally for years, and now I'm bringing it back locally. Yeah. Which is ironic, but it's just the way it is. You know, I mean, people around here, I've been here for years, and I sit on my city council, which people know me from that. But in the whole scheme of things, people don't know who I am. And so, yep. you know, I want people to know who I am locally, but people, and when, for, when you want to work globally with people, oh my gosh, there's so many avenues. I've had people on the show from Hungary, from um, one gentleman was over in, uh, he was in one of those foreign countries. I can't even say it now, but, but there's Skype, there's Facebook Messenger, you know, there's um, Zoom. There's all different kinds of things you can do to connect with people globally and figure out the time zone difference and you're good to go. It's as That's easy right. as that, you know. Yeah, and, 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 and technology enables it, but it also encourages it, you know, because right. I know as I deal with a lot of future tech pro, uh, stuff, you know, these, these, these experts are spread out throughout the globe. And if you really want to talk to the expert on some topics, you've got to reach out internationally. That person may not be in your home country. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the, the, notice, the one thing I've noticed, like on LinkedIn, is – the more I write articles, the more noticed I get. Yep. I, and I, I think that that's, you know, you're just, you're setting the tone of who you are and what you know, and people are mm-hmm. going to respond to that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then being active. Yeah. Like what you said, being active in the groups and being active and not always promoting your business, but giving feedback to other people and helping other people out goes a long way in, in, yes. Uh, creating your brand and creating so they have that trust issue with you so you're not always spamming them with your business but you want to create that relationship with them and create that networking event with them as well yeah a lot of them are going to a lot of them if you comment post put something meaningful up there people are going to stop and say who's this person and and, you know how did they know that and they may Mm -hmm. look at your background and it may or may not be a fit but some percentage of the time somebody's going to click your click your page and check out who you are. And they're going to say, wow, that person's a fit. I need to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think if you, uh, you know, Facebook has been good for me for global as well, but LinkedIn is really, I don't know. Do you find that too? Do you find Facebook or LinkedIn better for that? You know, it's all over the place. I think I get most of my business leads from LinkedIn, which is mm-hmm. probably the traditional answer you're looking for. Although I have friends on Facebook that will just spot opportunities for me. A lot of times, I get a lot of times when I get my leads from Facebook, it's a friend, it's somebody I've known socially for a long time who has a friend that has a problem. Mm-hmm. And LinkedIn, it tends to be more of you know people I've known professionally in some context or another. Uh, have have remembered something I posted or something I wrote. So mm-hmm. it, it, it it's a different type of lead between the two. I'd say I still get more from LinkedIn than Facebook, but I get different leads from both. 
Right. And I, ironically enough, for for the radio show, I get it more from Facebook in, a, in the one certain group that I'm in. But for my business, for my Go For It media group, I actually get that more from LinkedIn. So it's kind of ironic. It just depends on, you know, what you're looking for and what what avenue you're going after. Because it's all about networking, ladies and gentlemen. It really is. It's all about networking and who you know. And then also yep. how you can help them. Really? I mean, don't you agree, Sean? Oh, yeah, yeah, That's That's the whole point of it. I mean, social media is supposed to be social. I mean, it's right in the name, and I think there's a truth to that, uh, that you want to know lots of people. You want to talk to them and engage with them. So that's the whole point is to be social about it. It's not... It's not a it's not an online billboard. It's not an online advertisement. That you know we'd call it something different if that's what it was supposed to be. It's supposed to be a discussion uh, over this medium. So you know, get in discussions, talk to people, and you know, LinkedIn in particular. I mean, I don't see the national boundaries on LinkedIn. You know, my LinkedIn has become so international now that you know when people are posting, I mean, they're in all different countries of the world and they're doing all kinds of different projects. Um, I, I don't even see national boundaries at, at that level. Right. I don't either. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way. I don't, I don't see national boundaries anymore. I used to, you know, back when I was younger, but as I've grown and matured and worked more internationally, that it's just, I don't know, it's just the way it is, you know, it's just the wave of the future. And I don't know, I, li- I really enjoy it. And I'm so glad you do the same thing. And you, you really help people expand their thinking and expand their uniqueness to be able to find more things, um, you know, globally and internationally. Right. I mean, you just start getting into different conversations. It's, you know, what's interesting is you showcase your expertise and you plant those little seeds we talked about. You mentioned, you know, commenting on other people, helping them with a problem, providing input, mm-hmm. you know, and I've got, mm-hmm. you know, like there's a, there's a couple of, there's an attorney you know, on LinkedIn and, you know, she comments on my stuff and I comment on her stuff. And then, mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, a client needed something fixed that she couldn't fix, so she sent them to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how it works, right? We helped each other. We know each other. We respect each other's expertise. And when something is out of bounds for me, I might send it to her. And when something was out of bounds for her, she sent it to me, you know. Right. So, and before the end of the show, what is your expertise? So, if you're in business and financial for your lawyer, is do you have a certain expertise? Just Is it business yeah, or... I'm, I'm, I'm a business lawyer, so I'll help people with things like mergers, raising money for their business, partnership agreements is a big part of my practice, mm-hmm. and all the important day-to-day things that come up in, in owning and controlling a business, too, contracts and agreements, uh, employee equity incentives for employees. These are all things that come up a lot in my world is uh, owning and controlling the business from the legal side. And then the speaking side tends to be about business strategy, what's your plan, how are you executing your plan, how can you be unique and different in your business. Cool. Well, and Sean, we only have a few minutes till the end of the show, which unfortunately I could talk with Sean for a long time because he is very, very, very knowledgeable. So, but what I ask all my guest experts is this, if you have any last parting words for my audience, uh, we would love to hear them. Yeah, I think just, you know, we talked a lot about uniqueness and the opportunities that arises and, and the changing. So as the world changes, dig deeper for your uniqueness. Understand what's unusual and different about how you do business. There's something there. 
I, I even talk to businesses that think they have a simple business that doesn't have a unique that you know, oh, we, we just paint houses or we just uh, pressure wash. You know, those are the kinds of businesses where people claim they have nothing unique. But there's some reason why your client calls your pressure washing business or your house painting business versus somebody else's house painting business. Dig for those things and then emphasize those things. Make them part of your message and your brand and bring forward that really uniqueness of things you're great at so that people know why to call you. And that will start growing your business um, exponentially right there. Absolutely. And thank you for that. I did get a text message from a friend, Matt, and he said, thank you for this wonderful show today. It has been really great listening to you guys. I'm learning a lot from Sean. So making it different, Sean, that's awesome. We love helping people learn. That's our big thing. That is. That's And you and I both, you know, we treasure doing that because I love to be able to help people learn and grow. And as I say, be bigger, better, bolder, and stronger. So thank you, Sean, for being a guest today. Thank you, everybody, for listening today and listening every week. I so appreciate each and every one of you because, you know, I would like you to reach your full potential of becoming bigger, better, bolder, and stronger with each and every day. And as you remember, I'm your Go For It media coach. I'm helping you expand your brand all, all, all over media, radio show, podcast, writing articles, those type of things. Because of my best-selling book, Go For It, A Woman's Guide to Perseverance, um, people have come to me and say, how do I write? How do I get on media? And so that is why I'm helping you grow your business all over media. So Go For It Media. And you can check out my website, johosman.com. And also, if you're interested, I do offer a 15-minute free discovery strategy session. And always remember... And I say this every show, you are stronger than what you give yourself credit for. So go out, be great today, and be great always. And along the way, show some kindness and love wherever you go, and be a blessing to others. We never know what people are going through. So if, like Sean, he wears his nice suits, or you know what? If you don't have that, just give a smile. Give a smile and some kindness along today. Make it a journey every day to do that. So have a great week. God bless. And we'll see you here next week for another exciting show. Thank you for listening to Go For It. Be sure to come back next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Joe Hausman, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great day and an even better week.